Good morning, and welcome to Simply CRE. It's Sunday, March 3rd. On today's show, we'll be discussing the explosive growth in commercial real estate and how subleases could potentially save the market. Plus, Yellen expresses concerns about commercial property, but assures that regulators are on top of it. This coverage and more, up next. I'm David, and you're listening to Simply CRE. We start off with a look at the explosion of growth in Jamaica's commercial real estate sector. Two developments, Usure Warehousing and North Bank Logistics and Distribution Hub, are currently under construction in Montego Bay, and they're strategically positioned to capitalize on the upcoming Montego Bay Perimeter Road. Here to discuss this further is our correspondent, Bella. Can you tell us more about these developments and their significance? Certainly, David. Both projects are located near the foot of Westgate Hills and are expected to provide easy access to Montego Bay's port once completed. Usure Warehousing is a 3.8-acre project led by renowned developer Frederick Moe, who also developed the Fairview Shopping Center. The project is expected to be completed in the last quarter of 2024, and is designed to make Montego Bay a more attractive option for businesses that have previously been deterred by the city's congested roads. What about the North Bank Logistics and Distribution Hub? North Bank is a 100-acre project being developed by Barnett Littited. It's a multi-phased industrial development that aims to provide logistical support to Montego Bay as the regional distribution hub for Western Jamaica. In addition to warehouse space, it will also house an educational facility. The project is being done in eight phases and caters to a slightly different audience. What does this growth mean for the commercial real estate sector in Jamaica? This growth is indicative of a larger trend within Jamaica's commercial real estate sector. There's currently a deficit in not just warehousing space within Montego Bay, but in commercial space overall. The market is so hot that people now have to plan ahead if they want to rent warehouse units. These developments, along with others in areas like Ironshore, are expected to satisfy and attract businesses that need to have their presence in Montego Bay. And what about the rest of the country? Are we seeing similar trends elsewhere? Absolutely, David. The trends within the commercial segment of Montego Bay's market are also evident in other sections of the country. Kingston, for instance, is also experiencing an explosion of commercial real estate. Island-wide, anything to do with commercial, industrial, warehousing, once you can find the land, there's going to be an explosion of growth. Thanks for joining us, Bella. Now, let's shift our focus to the world of real estate. From Houston to Salt Lake City, we've got a roundup of the latest real estate briefs. Here to delve into these updates is our correspondent, James. Let's start with Houston, where CBRE has secured $111 million in financing for the Hawthorne, a 67-unit condo. Can you tell us more about this? Certainly, David. The Hawthorne is a 17-story condo being developed by Pelican Builders and Ember Group in a joint venture. The financing secured by CBRE will be used to retire the existing senior and mezzanine financing and complete the remaining construction work. The condo, located at 5656 San Felipe, offers two and three bedroom units ranging from 1,700 to 4,500 square feet. Interesting. Moving on to Stafford, Texas, 
Lovett Industrial and PCCP LLC have broken ground on Stafford Logistics Park. What can you tell us about this project? Stafford Logistics Park is a 785,000 square foot facility being developed by Houston-based Lovett Industrial and national commercial real estate investment firm PCCP LLC. The project's marketing and leasing will be handled by JLL's Jarrett Venghaus and Jordan Rainey, with construction financing provided by Simmons Bank. Now, let's talk about 84 Lumber. They've signed a long-term lease in the Barker Cypress Distribution Center in Cypress, Texas. Can you provide more details? 84 Lumber, a large, national, privately held supplier of building materials, has signed a long-term lease for a 142,100-square-foot space in the Barker Cypress Distribution Center. The landlord, Molto Properties, was represented by Wes Williams of Colliers and Conrad Bernard of Boyd Commercial. There's also been a sale of Deer Springs Apartments in Humble, Texas. What can you tell us about this? Deer Springs Apartments, a 128-unit multifamily community at 98 Isaacs Road in Humble, has been sold. The seller, Alphal Investments, was represented by Chip Nash, Bob Hurd, Kitty Wallace, and Jalila Dacia of Colliers. Deer Springs Apartments is a value-add multifamily property built in 1984. Let's shift gears to the leasing of office buildings at Viva Center, a redevelopment of the former HPE Compact Computer Campus. What's the latest there? Brandy Sykes and Liz Westcott of SVN. J. Beard Real Estate, Greater Houston, were appointed to lease the office buildings at Viva Center. They recently facilitated a 54,247-square-foot lease on behalf of Morales Capital Group. The tenant, Synergenex, was represented by Chris Sacco of Lumacry. Thanks for your insights, James. Now let's pivot to another pressing issue. U.S. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has expressed concerns about losses in commercial real estate. However, she assures that regulators are working to ensure that loan loss reserves and liquidity levels in the financial system are adequate to cope. Here to discuss this further is Michael, a correspondent for Simply CRE. Can you tell us more about Secretary Yellen's concerns? Certainly, David. Secretary Yellen has pointed out a combination of factors that are putting significant stress on property owners. These include the increase in interest rates, higher vacancy rates due to changing work patterns triggered by the pandemic, and a wave of commercial real estate loans coming due this year. What kind of impact are these factors having on property owners? The impact has been quite severe for some. Property owners are under pressure as borrowing costs have soared. This has led to companies like Brookfield Corp and an office landlord managed by Pacific Investment Management Co. funds to default on their debt. Office owners are particularly struggling as higher borrowing costs complicate financing and tenants pull back due to layoffs and the rise of remote work. What measures are being taken to manage this situation? Secretary Yellen has stated that banking supervisors are focused on the issue. They are working to ensure that lenders' reserves and liquidity are adequate to handle the problem. Despite the challenges, Yellen believes the situation is manageable, although she acknowledges that some institutions may be quite stressed by this problem. What's next for Secretary Yellen in addressing this issue? Secretary Yellen recently appeared before the House Financial Services Committee and will address the Senate Banking Committee. These appearances are intended to give lawmakers a chance to question her on the annual report of the Financial Stability Oversight Council, which will likely include further discussion on the state of commercial real estate.
we'll certainly be keeping an eye on those discussions. Thanks for that report, Michael. Now, shifting gears to the industrial real estate market, we're seeing a surge in subleases as we move into the third month of 2024. This trend is being driven by a variety of factors, from efficiency to acquisition to market timing. Here to delve deeper into this topic is our correspondent for Simply CRE. So Celeste, can you explain why subleases are becoming so popular? Certainly, David. There are a few key reasons. First, let's talk about efficiency. Some companies are finding it more economical to add a building or two rather than uproot, move, and consolidate. However, when these companies decide to relocate to increase efficiency, they often leave behind previous locations with remaining lease terms. These companies then need to find a surrogate to take over these leases, which is where subleasing comes in. Interesting. And what about acquisitions? How do they play into this trend? Acquisitions can also lead to a need for subleases. For instance, when a company is acquired, the new owner may have excess capacity at another location and not need all the leased buildings. In such cases, the tenant may choose to sublease these buildings. This was the case with a company we know of where the business buyer didn't need the three leased buildings included in the real estate sale. They chose to market the subleases aggressively and the market responded positively. And how does market timing factor into this? Market timing can also drive the need for subleases. For example, a company may need to expand but find that the current market prices for purchasing premises are too high. In such a case, they might choose to sublease a larger facility for a few years. If the purchase market responds and they can acquire at their price point, they're not hampered by a long-term lease. If not, they can simply renew with the owner and continue their operation in a leased address. It seems like a complex situation with many moving parts. Thank you for shedding light on this, Celeste. Absolutely, David. It's a dynamic market, and these trends are just part of the larger picture. Thanks to Simply CRE correspondent Celeste for providing insights into the rise of subleases in the industrial real estate market. And with that, we wrap up our stories for today. Thanks for listening to Simply CRE. We'll see you back here tomorrow.